One morning in July 1854, a planter named Williamson, living six miles from Selma, Alabama, was sitting with his wife and a child on the veranda of his dwelling. Immediately in front of the house was a lawn, perhaps 50 yards in extent between the house and a public road, or, as it was called, the pike. Beyond this road lay a close-cropped pasture of some 10 acres, level and without a tree, rock, or any natural or artificial object on its surface. At the time, there was not even a domestic animal in the field. In another field, beyond the pasture, a dozen slaves were at work under an overseer. Throwing away the stump of a cigar, the planter rose, saying, I forgot to tell Andrew about those horses. Andrew was the overseer. Williamson strolled leisurely down the gravel walk, plucking a flower as he went, passed across the road and into the pasture, pausing a moment as he closed the gate leading to it to greet a passing neighbor, Armour Wren, who lived on an adjoining plantation. Mr. Wren was in an open carriage with his son James, a lad of 13. When he had driven some 200 yards from the point of meeting, Mr. Wren said to his son, I forgot to tell Mr. Williamson about those horses. Mr. Wren had sold to Mr. Williamson some horses, which were to have been sent for that day, but for some reason now remembered it would be inconvenient to deliver them until tomorrow. The coachman was directed to drive back, and as the vehicle turned, Williamson was seen by all three, walking leisurely across the pasture. At that moment, one of the coach horses stumbled and came near falling. It had no more than fairly recovered itself when James Wren cried, My father, what has become of Mr. Williamson? It is not the purpose of this narrative to answer that question. Mr. Wren's strange account of the matter, given under oath in the course of legal proceedings relating to the Williamson estate, here follows. My son's exclamation caused me to look toward the spot where I had seen the deceased an instant before, but he was not there, nor was he anywhere visible. I cannot say that at the moment I was greatly startled, or realized the gravity of the occurrence, though I had thought it singular. My son, however, was greatly astonished and kept repeating his question in different forms until we arrived at the gate. My black boy Sam was similarly affected, even in a greater degree, but I reckoned more by my son's manner than by anything he had himself observed. This sentence in the testimony was stricken out. As we got out of the carriage at the gate of the field, and while Sam was hanging the team to the fence, Mrs. Williamson, with her child in her arms and followed by several servants, came running down the walk in great excitement, crying, He is gone! He is gone! Oh God, what an awful thing! and many other such exclamations, which I do not distinctly recollect. I got from them the impression that they related to something more than the mere disappearance of her husband. Her manner was wild, but not more so, I think, than was natural under the circumstances. I have no reason to think she had at the time lost her mind. I have never since seen nor heard of Mr. Williamson. The testimony, as might have been expected, was corroborated in almost every particular by the only other eyewitness, if that is the proper term, the lad James, 
Mrs. Williamson had lost her reason, and the servants were, of course, not competent to testify. The boy James Wren had declared at first that he saw the disappearance, but there is nothing of this in his testimony given in court. None of the field hands working in the field which Williamson was going had seen him at all. And the most rigorous search of the entire plantation and adjoining country failed to supply a clue. The most monstrous and grotesque fictions, originating with the blacks, were current in that part of the state for many years, and probably are to this day. But what has been here related is all that is certainly known of the matter. The courts decided Williamson was dead, and his estate was distributed according to law. The Difficulty of Crossing a Field was written by Ambrose Bierce. It was read by Bruce Pretty. This has been a production of Stab Wounds Horror. <laughs>